1: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the bet rivers network, whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to game bet match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the bet rivers network. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Mike Francesa podcast, a special Belmont stakes edition. As we uh, close the book on the triple crown this year has uh, been a kind of lackluster one from a standpoint of a lot of things, including not having the Derby winner in the Preakness, but he is back in the Belmont, a field of eight. And we welcome in Brad Thomas. Brad, your overall thought on the field of eight, including a Philly uh, for the Belmont. Well, I give
0: uh, Nest and her connections credit for taking the shot. They add a little something to a race that uh, lacks a whole lot of uh real quality, depth and real quality in general. Uh, It's really too bad because uh, the Belmont, it's, uh, its nickname is the test of champions. And a mile and a half at the end of the triple crown series and the triple crown prep series really should be a defining moment for these horses, establishing their right to go on to be progenitors of the breed. And the fact that so many connections of good horses uh, refuse to run in this race is really, really mind-numbing. And it's a big problem for the racing industry in general, and even the lack of depth on that Belmont Stakes card uh, in general on I Saturday. can't believe
1: how many of these great races only have five horses in them.
0: Well, there aren't enough horses. Fewer horses are being bred every year. At the same time, every single track has its big festival day, it's festival preview day, and it's preview of a festival preview day. So all these horses can disperse all over the place for big purses, and at the same time, the horses that are bred, these sires who are breeding 220 times a year, all these horses are selling at two-year-old sales, they're being trained hard for those two-year-old sales, and then they don't run for a year until they, they finally race, they're sold, and then they're put away for a year. And it's really, really hurting the game. And it really needs to be discussed more because this is not going to a good place.
1: Uh, No question about it, because they do crank those horses up to get them to run nine and four or ten flat. And then uh, the first thing that vet tells you to do is put the horse away because the horse has been treated very roughly uh, at a very young age. So uh, it makes it very tough. It's also scares you a little bit when you put down big money for those two year olds in training. You really you really Uh, worry. It's a it's a tricky game from that standpoint. No question. All right, let's get to the race the uh eight horse field including nesta philly uh we the people has the rail
0: mike he could be any kind he's feasted though on soft competition in favorable circumstances throughout his career three back he was pace and bias aided he beat an escapee from gilligan's island in that race too i mean that's what he's been facing last time in the peter pan he did have a perfect trip perfect pace and bias setups did it on a wet sealed surface. He's read both sides for those circumstances. He flogged a bunch of proven tomato cans and some one who probably will never be anything back in the Arkansas Derby against better but not great. He lost his nerve pre-race. He had no answers during the race when things did not go his way. The temperature for the Peter Pan was in the 60s so he was calmer for that one. Saturday it's going to be warmer. Not super warm but warmer still. The crowd and the atmosphere will be bigger. It'll be tenser. It'll be closer to the way it was in Arkansas. I mean, is he going to freak out? I don't know. He's very dangerous early speed though. He's running against a thin and field he's a major wind threat because of that speed because of the fact that there is some quality there how much we really don't know but he's a major wind threat by default but i can also see the score in, especially late in the day at belmont that's something that's not talked about too much when these triple crown races are run really late in the day the track surface changes the shadows in. The sun is not where it was previously. It's hard to keep them really watered. Late in the afternoon, Big Sandy becomes especially demanding. This horse is going to have to do it on the lead. Maybe he's just so much better than anybody else he's able to, to do it, but on a really dry Big Sandy late in the day, I think he's really vulnerable.
1: All right, Skippy Longstocking.
0: He disappointed me in the preakness. I thought he would run better, but that said, he was troubled throughout Never was he in the right position. Still, he moved forward figure-wise, ran a lifetime best. There's more to this horse than meets the eye. He can be dangerous with the right trip in the right spot, but he does return quickly again. uh, His pedigree, uh, his general finishes, his gallop outs, do not shout a mile and a half. He's going to have his day one day at a price, but it's not going to be Saturday.
1: Nest, the Philly, Micropoly, Todd Pletcher, uh, Championship Connections. Uh, Nest uh, takes on the boys. Her best
0: two races by far have come on tracks that have had moisture in it. There's probably not going to be any moisture in that surface by late in the day on Saturday. Nope. She was outmoved. Yeah, she was outmoved at crunch time by Secret Oath in the Kentucky Oaks, and I think she could have been closer to that one at the wire if she was handled a little bit more aggressively. However, I did not like the fact that she was unable to easily clear the pace-used 50-to-1 shot Desert Dawn. She was all out to pass that horse in the final strides, when I really think if she was top, top quality, she would have been able to clear that one easily. Now, maybe you can say that Nest is roughly secret oaths equal especially at a mile and a half and being relatively lightly raced and having upside but that said secret oath has shown she can run well against males but she really hasn't threatened ...to win a race against them. That means Nest is really going to have to improve big time to compete with these. I think she's an exotics factor by default. I don't think she's good enough to win. She should have a nice trip sitting off of We The People. She's one of the ones that's probably going to be closer to that rival. If he just totally caves in and she inherits the lead... She might be a little bit dangerous, but I think she's going to be just used a little bit too hard to have enough to be in the first two slots.
1: All right. The Derby winner uh, who uh, shocked the world at a, really out of nowhere, uh, a horse that's only when it had been in a uh, maiden claimer. Um, but the one thing that you have to be fair and say is the horse has worked insanely well since the uh, Derby victory.
0: Indeed, he has, and, and he ran genuinely well in the Derby too. He might
1: be. A and he Churchill got one of the Downs great horse. Derby rides of all time. He might be. What, what's that, Mike? He got one of the great Derby rides of all time.
0: Exactly. That's that's the thing. He got an absolutely Hall of Fame ride. You should that that ride should be put on film. It's on film, obviously, and that's how anachronistic I am. I'm talking film, but it should be put on some type of uh, disc and just shown on a loop. At the Hall of Fame of Racing, because that's how good that ride is. And it really showed that a Sonny Leon, who's a good rider at a second tier track, there's not that much difference between him and the top, top riders. Yes, there's a difference, but on a given day in a given race, a Sonny Leon can deliver big time. And he outrode the pants off Rad Ortiz in the Derby. And that's one of the reasons why he won it. This horse ran really, really very well. He was improving before the Derby. He got the great ride. He got the great pace set up. but he still had to run to do it. He showed gears. He showed acceleration, all the things that you want in a Derby horse. He has a late-developing distance pedigree. He continues to train well, as you said, Mike. The big issue for him, his, his pedigree is fine for the mile-and-a-half, relatively speaking, but the big issue for him is going to be the race shape, the pace in the Belmont, to the half mile is going to be three or four seconds, maybe even more slower than the 45 and one they ran in the Derby. Now, historically, it's very hard for deep ralliers going the Belmont's mile and a half to make that big second turn move and still keep coming the last quarter of a mile, especially when they've essentially already run a marathon distance of a mile and a quarter. Uh, and the front runners, having gone slowly, are not really crawling back to them now think mind that bird who upset a pace meltdown derby a few years ago he actually ran really well in the belmont he made that big wide middle move and then he was unable to sustain it going to belmont's distance he ran well but he couldn't win now rich strike is a deep rallier but he's an accelerator he has gears he has hops Mo Donegal, who we'll talk about later, is a deep rally or two, but he's a grinder with no acceleration. Grinders do better going a mile and a half because of their steady nature. They do better at Belmont because of the long straightways and the forgiving turns. Rich Strikes' style, even though he and Mo Donegal are both deep closers, the way he closes hurts him at Belmont generally. He fits in this field, he's an exotic factor. I don't think he's going to win.
1: Creative minister.
0: He got a very good trip, but still ran better than I expected he would in the Preakness. That was his fourth start in 77 days, and he did it with Lasix off. I credit the horse's class. I, I credit trainer Ken McPeak for having him ready to run that race. But now he has to come back quickly yet again while stretching out five sixteenths of a mile. Now, it wasn't too much too soon for him last time, to his credit, but now at half his preakness odds. That's probably what he's going to be, five or six to one at most. I'm going to double down on selling him. Now, counterintuitively, a lot of people would say, oh, I didn't like him in the preakness. You know, I've got to use him in the Belmont. I think just the opposite. I didn't like him in the preakness. He fooled me. But now the reasons why I didn't like him in the preakness apply even more in the Belmont. So I'm selling him in a limited field. He is an exotic threat deep underneath by default. But I'm shading him big time, and I'm not using him at all on many tickets.
1: Mo Donegal is a horse that I expect to get a, uh, a lot of attention and a lot of people to pick in this race. Uh, he's been pointed for this race. What's your thoughts on Mo Donegal?
0: Well, I compared uh, Rich Strike to Mind That Bird uh, a few seconds ago. I'm going to compare Mo Donegal to Creator. Uh, creator was a grinder like him, both came from well off the pace. Creator won the Belmont. Modonigo is really dangerous here. He's not a super horse, but against this field, he fits really nicely. He was beaten to the punch. And then to the inside hole, he needed by Sonny Leon, the rich strike in the Derby. Even if he had gotten it, he would not have won that race. He would not have been second, but he would have been closer. Now this horse could sit mid pack going long as a two-year-old. But at age three, he's evolved into a deeper rallier with just that single grinding gear. But he is a Belmont track horse with a Belmont track jockey in Arado Ortiz. Arado Ortiz is an eight and a half or nine as a jockey at all of the tracks in the country. But at Belmont, he's a 10. The slower pace, the sweeping turns, the long back stretch straight away. That's gonna give Mo Donagall a chance to revert to more of his mid-pack two-year-old style. His post position is okay, too, for that. He's paired up, improved speed figures. He's now third off a layoff. This is really time where form-wise he could really make a forward move. He's doing it for a proven Belmont Stakes trainer who also has a Belmont home track advantage with his horses, Mo Donagall lives at Belmont. He's gonna be really dangerous, especially if he's in front of three or four horses turning into the back stretch. If he can be in front of three or four horses, then his grinding nature will really have a chance to take hold. I think he's the likeliest winner of this race and he's not going to be the favorite. I really think we, the People is going to be the favorite,
1: uh, golden glider. Uh, what you drawn to is the trainer who is always dangerous. Yes,
0: he is, but not with the golden glider. Uh, This horse has been outclassed and hasn't finished especially well in any of his stakes engagements. I really have a hard time seeing this horse even getting into the superfecta, much less into the winner's circle. Uh, Maybe down the road, but uh, not in this spot.
1: And finishing up on the outside with the 8, Barber Road. He had
0: reasonable sprint speed as a juvenile. He's evolved into a deep rallier when he's stretched out. He made all four of the Oakland Park Derby Prep Series races. He frequently had good pace and bias setups in those races, but he never, ever really had a clean trip in any of them. Yet he always kept coming. He kept gaining. He kept running through the wire. This horse is is a player. He really tries. He really wants it. In the Kentucky Derby, he moved much wider, and he moved much more sharply. Then did Mo Donegal, and then he slugged it out in the stretch with that rival. They were battling for fifth. Now, only in the final yards did Barber Road concede, and he weakens slightly. His up-and-coming young trainer, John Ortiz, is taking blinkers off, and I love blinkers-off moves by really good trainers, and Ortiz is proving he might very well be one. Uh, And in a very unusual move for a horse preparing for the ultimate stretch out, At a mile and a half in the Belmont, Ortiz, with the blinkers off, well, he doesn't normally work with blinkers anyway, but Ortiz worked him a sharp five furlongs from the gate. A lot of trainers don't like to work horses who've been running regularly from the gate, period. Seldom, seldom will you see a trainer work a horse from the gate when he's really being stretched out to a marathon distance. I like that combination, though, because I think it means the intent is to have Barbara Road closer to the pace so that he can engage the leaders without having to make as big a move as he's been having to make in his previous two-turn tries. He also gets a monstrous jockey switch. Yeah, is Rosario, per- a good jockey. fit for
1: this horse. I think a perfect fit for this horse. You know, I, I think Rosario is going to make a big difference on this horse.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you're talking many lengths just in terms of how good he is and also in the local Belmont knowledge. If this horse can get a decent spot from his eight post, his competitive fire is gonna make him, I think, really, really dangerous. I think this horse has an absolutely live upset shot with a trip. If they run this race, the Belmont Stakes, 10 times, 11 times, he's gonna win at least one of those times. And I think of all the horses in the Belmont, he's the one who's going to go off at closest to his true win odds. And in that way, you know, he's the horse who I I have to feel is a uh, is a is a legitimate legitimate play at a price.
1: Yeah, he's the only one that that I think is actually worth playing in the race is is him. I, I actually think he's the logical one. At, and and I would I wouldn't play him unless I got a decent price. But I think you will get a decent price on him. Well, you just
0: never know. I mean, look at the way the the uh, odds reacted to Rich Strike's victory in the Derby. A horse like a Fenwick is 13 to one. A horse like Happy Jack was 11 to one. They should have been a million to one. If they ran that race a billion times, the only time Happy Jack and Fenwick would have won is that one time in a billion where every other horse in the race fell down in some bizarre incident. And yet those horses thousands and thousands of dollars were bet on them 11 to one on happy jack 13 to one on fenwick so you don't know where these odds are going to go anymore in these races uh now hopefully hopefully you know people learn their lesson and odds and the odds are truer to what they actually should be. And if they are, Barbara Road will be a legitimate play.
1: Well I'll tell you the other thing is uh we wound up with a very good price on the horse we liked in the in the freakness. 1340 was a very, very generous price for for uh early voting.
0: Well, I mean I seldom talk specifically about how I actually might make my plays, uh, but I will say this. When I saw what the odds were, I usually make plays for races like this well in advance because I'm working at Monmouth Park and I don't like to mix and match. When I'm working, i got to focus on work. But I actually, when I saw those odds, I actually had to cancel a whole lot of the bets I made and completely readjust it because voting rights was, to me, or early voting was, I mean, an overlay beyond comprehension that horse should have been five to two or three to one. Now, for some reason, very few people actually picked that horse, which really shocked me. I, I don't understand why he was so underpicked by public handicappers. But at the same time, his odds were double what they should have been. So, hopefully, people who were flexible were able to adjust and and and, and do some good for themselves.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it, once in a while you get a, you get a break. He just the race fit him. You know, it, it did it did fit him in a in a. In a good way, where you thought, and he was pointed for that race, you know, uh, Chad had pointed him for that race, no question. Uh, and I think they will bet Rich Strike here. I think we, the people off that crazy Peter Pan, will probably be the the hot horse. But I think they will bet Rich Strike off the work and the fact that he uh, was able to close, not knowing that it's very hard for horses to make a sustained run from way back to win it. You mentioned mind the bird, mind that bird actually turned out to be a legitimate horse because he, he won. He actually was in the money in the Preakness and in the Belmont, which people might forget. I mean, a lot of times these horses are gone after winning the, the derby at a big price. You know, they have trouble competing after that, but uh, he wound up in the money in both races
0: and he ran really well in the belmont too it's just the whole shape of the race was different in the derby that he won they went really fast like they did in Rich Strikes Derby in the Belmont that he ran well in but lost, they ran slow. And they're going to run slow in the Belmont this year, and that's going to be the difference. The big factor in whether or not horses can close is not the distance of the race, it's the pace of the race, how fast it is and how contentious it is. It doesn't matter if it's nine miles, a rallier does not have the advantage at all unless the pace is fast. In fact, in general, the longer you go, the more dangerous speed is, especially on dirt, because the tendency is just to go slower and slower early. So that's and, a kind of thing. That is a great rule of thumb for handicappers to, you know, take into their continuing career.
1: And there's a movie out right now called 50 to 1, which is an entertaining movie about mind that bird. Now, of course, they jazzed up the movie to make the story a little more juicy and stuff, but, it was a wild story. It was an out of nowhere horse that came from New Mexico with owners wearing cowboy hats and the whole thing and uh trainers wearing cowboy hats and on crutches and but if you want to see an entertaining movie uh go check down you can get it on anyone Netflix you know uh any any of them uh, on Amazon on prime uh fifty to one is the name of the movie uh, I watched it it was pretty entertaining it was a pretty uh, pretty pretty entertaining uh, movie about the uh, upset of mind that Bird, and it had a lot of similarities to this year obviously with this connections who are a little uh, off the beaten path to say the least. Uh, the trainer has gotten himself into some hot water with some of his uh, tweets. So it's, uh, it, they're a colorful group to say the least uh, a, as we head towards the Belmont. All right, so uh, how are you playing the Belmont?
0: Well, I'm King Barbaro to Modonegal. They're both going to have to be there for me to really succeed. Uh, Modonegal, he might actually be win value at three to one or more, though I don't think he's going to hit that price. Uh, I'm also going to use We the People in Rich Strike, mostly underneath. But We the People, I will have on top because he can win. To me, he's either a win horse or an off-the-board horse. So I'm going to use him. I'm going to focus him on the top slot. I'm going to use him less in the second and third slots. Rich Strike, I'm going to use less in the top slot because I don't think he can win, but I'm going to use him more in the second and third slots. I'll have Nest and Creative Minister deep underneath only third or fourth, but Barber Road, he's my win play, Uh, hopefully at 9, 10 to 1 or more. uh, Mo Donegal is my other key horse. They're the ones I'm going to concentrate on. They're going to have to be there in the try, the super for me to win.
1: Speaker's corner I've talked about a lot. The horse is I think right now uh operating as well as any horse in the country. Uh I, I think he wins again, I think he wins the uh the uh Met Mile. Uh, which horse if any, uh, in any of the undercards is is one that you're pointing to or you like is a long shot, you always pick long shots. So which is, is there one horse on one of the undercard races that you like for the folks to take a look at? Well,
0: watch Happy Saver swooping down on the two speeds in the Met, but the horse I like most on the card, Mike, is race five, the Brooklyn, the four Porto's, Third off a layoff, he's an improving five-year-old who's bred for the distance. These distance horses, these marathoners, get better with age. He has pace and bias issues going a mile three-eighths last time. He gets more distance, more pace in all likelihood. That's going to be a powerful, magnifying combination for him, as well as a switch to a Ortiz who really fits him. Going to use him with another Belmont horse, the two-max player.
1: Do you think Speaker's Corner has to have the lead in that race?
0: No. Flightline is the Uh, He has the one horse he he has to go. But Flatline is a racehorse by appointment only. Uh, He's the epitome to me, as good as he is, of what's wrong with the game. These horses need to run. This horse just picks his spots for absolutely the most perfect circumstances when everything is 115%. That's not, to me, what champions do. Uh, Speaker's Corner, he's going to be pressing him, but this horse is a season-true, one-turn, one-mile specialist. He's proven without Lasix. He also has that Belmont home field advantage. These California speed horses do travel well, but Speaker's Corner, living at Belmont, being used to Belmont, I think that's going to give him an edge. I give him the edge over flight line in the race on, on Saturday, but like I said, I'm going to be very wary of happy saver who's also a belmont horse who's going to like the cutback has that route foundation he's going to be sitting right off of them and if they really get hooked up and fight Lion's corner kill each other off happy saver is going to be right there
1: thanks Fred. we'll talk soon thank you Take care, Mike. All right, Brad Thomas. You can see him down at Monmouth all summer long. Uh, So uh, that's the Belmont analysis. We'll see you down the road, folks. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan. And you can share the excitement with me each week. On the Mike Mancinelli podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Mancinelli podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.